Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. So here we are. We've had quite a week for national polling and Ipsos uh, for global news. And what would you say the most was most significant about this past week's developments during the campaign, which will reflect on the polling that you'll, you'll be doing? I don't know that there were a lot of developments this week, Roy. I think that really this campaign is mostly a reflection of how it started. That's the thing that's having the biggest imp- impact on uh, on uh, what people are thinking about how they should vote on September the 20th. And it, really, the prime minister hasn't been able to shake it. Uh, and what we've moved from or moved into is really a referendum on the character of the prime minister as reflected in why this election was called. So over the past, you were in Kitchener, over the past few days, there has been the issue of the Kitchener MP who has stepped aside. And uh, Mr. Trudeau was there on Thursday defending the MP, the incumbent running for the Liberal Party. Is that the sort of thing, when you talk about uh, how Canadians uh, look at the character of a person, is that the kind of thing that could hurt Mr. Trudeau going forward over the next two weeks? Well, all of these things are momentum killers. So if... if, uh the Prime Minister's, uh, Mr. Trudeau's in, in Kitchener trying to explain uh, the situation with the MP here. Uh, he's not talking about what he really wants to talk about, which is trying to find a way to convince Canadians that they shouldn't be voting for Aaron O'Toole and the Conservative Party. So if he's defending the Liberal Party and defending his candidates, he doesn't have the opportunity to uh, to do what he really needs to do uh, to get his campaign back on track. Because at least in our polling, the Conservatives are now leading. Um, and uh, um, Mr. Trudeau, uh, this this was an opportunity for him to win a majority, and he can't do that if the other party's leading. That really is, um, I mean, you and I talked two months ago about the potential, the possibility of a minority conservative government. Nobody was talking about uh, about uh, the Liberals losing, potentially, government, at least I wasn't. Uh, but is that now a real possibility, given what you're seeing now, that there could be uh, very, you know, really a, 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 an O'Toole government. Yeah, there very well could be. And and one of the things that's really difficult to factor into assessing how people are going to be voting on the 20th is uh, how this very peculiar election uh, is uh, going to affect turnout. Uh, so back in 2011, when Stephen Harper won his majority, turnout was really low. It was about 61%. It was lower, by the way, in 2008, but it was, you know, 61% was pretty low. When Justin Trudeau won in uh, 2015, when he won his majority, it was 68. Hmm. Uh, last time around, an election of consequence, which was hard fought, uh, the turnout was around 68, 69 again. Now we're in this pandemic election, and what we're looking at is probably uh, a, a, a turnout closer to what it looked like in 2011 as opposed to what it looked like in 2015-19, so, uh, which advantages the Conservatives. So that's one of the things the Prime Minister really has to be worried about, and it's one of the advantages that Aaron O'Toole has in this campaign. Yeah. Uh, the polling that you that uh, that Ipsos uh, has done for Global News still shows, does it not, that Trudeau is considered by more Canadians than, uh, than Mr. O'Toole or Mr. Singh, to be the best choice for prime minister? Yeah, it, it does. He's a, he's a few points ahead on that, but the advantage that he has against both Mr. Singh and Mr. O'Toole has very much shrunk in, in, through the three weeks of the campaign. So the momentum is on the side of the opposition parties at the moment, not on the side of the Liberal Party. 
We talk about this uh, country being regional, and, and you and I have talked about that many, many times. And, uh, and you cert- certainly uh, speak about the regional realities in your book, Next, which I really still continue to insist everyone needs to read in this country. Have it in your house so you can read about what's going to be happening in Canada, dem- demographically and otherwise, politically and, and, uh, and economically and health-wise. Just read Daryl's book, Next. Um, but, but we talk about the, 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 the country uh, being regional, but there's, there was one uh, piece here, if I have this correctly, British Columbia is starting to look like Ontario. Do I, don't, am, I, am I understanding this right? Yeah, absolutely correct. So uh, what we see in this election campaign is uh, in British Columbia that the Liberal Party, the Conservative Party, and the uh, NDP are all within less than 10 points of each other. Very similar situation in the province of Ontario. So um, when we talk about the West, um, when we normally talk about the West, we you know talk about Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta, and then assume that British Columbia falls in line with that. Well, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and Alberta, very pro-conservative right now. British Columbia um, divided among those three parties, which is exactly the same profile that we see in uh, in, uh, in in Ontario. And you know, Vancouver voting more like Toronto than it does uh, than it does like uh, say, for example, Calgary mm-hmm. or uh, other Western cities. So how do we then, uh, Daryl, how would you assess, when you look at 416905, uh, the, the two Ontario area codes that are talked about a great deal and are considered pivotal when it comes to an election result, how do 416 and 905 look? And, and how does, uh, if we can drag Quebec into this equation as well, how does 514 and 418, Montreal and Quebec City, look? Okay, so dealing with the 905 and 416. So the 416 is solidly a battle between the Liberals and the NDP. Now, not in every single riding, uh, but in a few very specific ridings, downtown ridings, for example, the beach um, and uh, uh, Davenport, Danf- uh, Davenport uh, High, Park, uh, High Park area. Those are very much um, uh, swing ridings between the Liberals and the NDP, and the NDP looking stronger than they looked in the last election in those ridings. The other uh, area that you were asking about, uh, but still, the 416, probably going to vote more liberal than for any other party. Um, the 905, very much divided at the moment between the conservatives and the liberals. The NDP doing a little bit better there, which also, by the way, helps the conservatives because it, uh, it, it bleeds away liberal party voters. Those progressive voters are more split, which gives the opportunity for the conservatives to come up in the middle and win more ridings in the 905. But if, if the conservatives are even able to win half of the ridings in the 905 this time around, they have a good shot of beating the liberals. Is a majority government for any party a possibility? So the question that we ask on every survey is if an election were held tomorrow, how would you vote? So uh, if the election was held tomorrow, as we uh, ask in our questions, um, there doesn't look to be a majority there for anybody. But there's there's still three weeks, weeks to go. And I would say that the odds are that the likelihood that the Conservatives would form a majority is higher than the likelihood that the Liberals would form a majority. Okay, uh, we're going to do something we haven't done before, and that is uh, you're going to take some phone calls from our listeners who have questions about questions well about the election and about how maybe their region and the country looks and uh, what their questions are about how this election may turn out. Dale in Vancouver. Go ahead, please, Dale. Yes, Ryan, Daryl. My question is this, Daryl. Does the Canadian public trust Justin Trudeau? And I think about what he said in the... Um, in the um, in 
elected, but he, when he talked about if he were re-elected as a minority government, the Liberals, he would call another election within 18 months because he wants a majority. My, my question is, does the polling show that the Canadian public trusts this man? Thank you. Well, at the moment, uh, on the question of trust, the person who is seen as the most likely to say anything to get elected in this election campaign is Justin Trudeau by a fairly wide margin. So the the, the issue of trust is really a, a problem for the prime minister at the moment. And uh, it also, um, uh, I think, underscores the fact that he's had such a difficult time in this uh, in this election. He's not what he was in 2015. And uh, this time around, people are having a hard time believing what he's saying. All right. Dale in Vancouver, thank you for your call and question. Roger is in Muskoka, Ontario. Roger, what's your question for Daryl? Hi, Roy. And Dar- it's, uh, I'm, uh, Muskoka, Perry Sound is conservative, and I'm hoping it's going to stay that way for sure. But my question, or more of a comment, is if, uh, if the conservatives did get a minority government, I'm wondering who they would partner with to keep the minority government in power. And if the government was defeated on a money bill or a budget, would the governor general uh, ask the liberals if they could form a government and if the liberals and the... Okay, we're getting... Roger, thank you for the call. We're getting past the polling uh, side of things. But uh, first part of the question, Daryl. Well, it it would really depend on the numbers. I mean, so whoever... wins the most seats on uh, on September the, the 20th, um, would uh, look to see which partner would get them over that magic number of 170. Now, if you remember, uh, there was two minority governments um, that were weaker than the one that, uh, that Justin Trudeau finds himself with, although I think the second one for Stephen Harper was pretty much the same. But uh, between 2006 and 2008, uh, Stephen Harper worked with both the Bloc and the, the NDP. Jack Layton worked with the... Uh, with, um, uh, with Stephen Harper, so I think that what would happen if there was uh, if there was a minority and the Conservatives were clearly um, the, the party with the, the largest number of uh, seats, uh, that um, they would be open to what it is that the other opposition parties would want, and probably would uh, do a reasonable job, I think, of putting together something that. Uh, um, that, that that would work because nobody wants to have another election right away. Yeah. Uh, but everybody needs to keep in mind that the Liberals get the first chance to form the next government. Just because you win the most seats in the election campaign doesn't mean that you don't get a chance to present a speech from the throne or whatever. So it's a little more complicated than just winning the, winning the most seats on uh, on uh, September the 20th. Yeah, that's something to keep in mind. Where does the uh, the whole issue about a vaccine passport fit into this election? It hasn't really fit into the election, uh, and the reason is because there isn't enough difference among the parties on the question of vaccines. Um, you know, the, the Liberals announced, the, uh, you know, tried to make it a wedge issue on uh, when they called the election. It turns out that their policy is not any different than what the, <laughs> the policy was of the Treasury Board. Um, and, uh, you know, I think Aaron O'Toole has been pretty clear, in both, and Jagmeet Singh has been pretty clear that they support uh, uh, doing something pretty strong on vaccines, although, you know, obviously... Um, uh, Aaron O'Toole is uh, more open to some other ways of dealing with things. But uh, it hasn't turned into a real cutting issue, I would say, in this election campaign. Daryl is in Sussex, New Brunswick. Daryl, what's your question? Or David, rather. David, what's your question for Daryl? Yes, the man in B.C. kind of stole a bit of my thunder, but if I can expand upon it, I believe he asked if the Conservatives won, who would team up with them to form a government? And I heard you guys discuss him while I was waiting. But uh, don't you think there's a possibility that the Conservatives 
and the liberals could form a coalition government? Uh, personally, I would doubt that very much. But um, I, I think if the Prime Minister, uh, Justin Trudeau, loses this election campaign, it's going to put a lot of pressure on him in terms of his leadership. So the Liberal Party will probably turn inwards to try and straighten out uh, what that situation is. They would be vulnerable. Uh, so my expectation is that they don't necessarily have to form a coalition with the government. Uh, they may vote with them on a you know a bill-by-bill basis or whatever, but they will have uh, significant issues that they're going to have to deal with on an internal basis. And the problem that the Liberal Party has, of course, is that they made a very firm commitment to the leadership of Justin Trudeau. Uh, this was supposed to be a populist party that was going to be um, essentially a, a, the party of Justin Trudeau, as opposed to the Liberal Party of which Justin Trudeau was going to be the leader. So the institutions of the Liberal Party, I would say, are uh, past Justin Trudeau, are fairly weak. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens in those internal battles over what the, the future leadership of the Liberal Party will be if Justin Trudeau loses the election on September 20th and feels compelled uh, to uh, to uh, to leave the leadership of the party. Yeah, and something that I uh, just remember, it's, I guess, it's almost trivia to some people, but I, I think it's, to, to, to me, it's something I can't, I, I don't forget. And that was 2019, Daryl. The Liberals won the, that government, the minority government, with the lowest popular vote percentage uh, for a winning party in the history of Canada. Federal elections. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the first past the post system put them in a situation where they could, uh, they won obviously a very strong minority government. They only need one other party on any vote to be able to continue in government. But, uh, yeah, I would, I would describe it as, you know, 2015, uh, the Liberals could do no wrong, particularly the Prime Minister could do no wrong. 2019, disappointment. 2021, People not feeling very positive about the prime minister yeah. these days. He's got, I would say, we move past disappointment to another type of an emotion. If you want to hear more, subscribe to the Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 